we're going to look at um, an issue that I called when God closes doors. Someone said years ago that spoke to my heart and I never forgot it. And they said this, that when disappointments come in our life, we need to see them as appointments from God. In Acts 16, 6 through 10, Paul and Silas had a real desire to go to Asia and share the gospel. But the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow them to go. And that was a major disappointment for them because they really wanted to serve God there and they really felt that they needed to hear the gospel there. And yet, that disappointment that they had was God knowing that they weren't going to go against God, even though they wanted to do what was right, that God may have something else for them, but nothing happened. First of all, there was, you can't go. But then, because they were obedient, then God made a way for them to go to Macedonia. And if you look on a Bible map, you see where Macedonia is in relationship to Asia. And they went. And God blessed them. So this was a call to go where they needed to go immediately. But uh, we'll, we'll pick up the... the the, well, I think I'll share right now the wonderful thing. And that was, later on, God called them to go to Asia. And the place they went to was Ephesus. And Paul had one of his greatest ministries at Ephesus. So God knew that eventually they would go to Asia and that they would have a wonderful ministry there. But the timing was not right for them. And I would like to share, there are many disappointments in my life, but I'd like to share one that was probably one of the, the greatest disappointments that I've ever had. When I was a new Christian, and I was in the Army, and uh, my wife, or she was my fiancé, and I went to church on a Sunday night, we saw a wonderful film about a young man from Moody Bible Institute that went to a certain place in Mexico and there he was killed. Well his fiance was still a student at Moody and had planned to join him and be married after the, she graduated. Well she and another girl decided to go to the very place where her fiance was murdered. And when she went there, not knowing the customs of the people, uh, she did something uh, that was of God, although she didn't realize it at the time until a lot longer uh, being there, it's, they were able to tell her. 
but she approached the, the village chief and called him brother. Uh, and when she called him brother, he was duty-bound to protect her. And he had killed her fiancé. But now he couldn't kill her because she had called him brother. And the girls labored there, I think, most of their life. And there was major turning to Christ of those people in that whole area. So after seeing that film, they gave an invitation to those who felt led of God to volunteer to be missionaries. Well, my fiancé and I went forward together and dedicated our lives to serving God and especially serving Him as foreign missionaries, which to me seemed there are churches on every corner in the United States, so why not go where there aren't any churches, where the gospel has never been taken? That just so appealed to me. Well, we got married, we had a child, and then I got out of the army, and I realized to be a missionary that I needed some kind of training. I didn't have a, much of a background. I hadn't been a Christian very long, only three months when I went in the army, and this was about a year after I was in that I dedicated myself to be a missionary and my wife. Well, I went off to Bible college, and uh, they and, and took courses that would prepare me to be a missionary. And they had a, a wonderful, how do I explain it, uh, like a missionary conference at Biola, where I went to, to Bible school, uh, for the students. And there were missions, really wonderful missions from all over that came and set up booze and th there was a week of emphasis on missions. And so I went to talk to the representative of those missions about uh, the possibility of, uh, you know, filling out forms and all of that. So when I graduated from Bible school, I could be uh, one of their missionaries. And one of the missions that I very much was impressed with was Hudson Taylor's mission. It was called China Inland Mission, but because China was closing to the gospel, it was called Overseas Fellowship. And I applied and they said, no, um, we do not take married people at that time. Uh, we want them to be single, to learn the language, and to really get enculturated with the people before they marry. Because it's very difficult for the wife, once married, and if they have a family, to be able to study the language and so on. Well, they were right. But what a disappointment, the one mission I wanted to go with. And I went to the other missions. Um, I went to uh, a mission that needed an x-ray technician in Madagascar. And that was the Evangelical Alliance mission. It's called TEAM. And I talked to them and they said, well, uh, you still have uh, quite a bit of schooling left to do and by the time that you graduate, and we won't take you until you graduate, uh, we will have that position filled. So they turned me down. Uh, one of the missions that really, really appealed to me was Wycliffe Bible Translators because I thought, what better kind of a, of a ministry I could give my life to is translating the Bible 
into the language of the people so they would have their own scripture. Because I can't imagine what it would be like to be a believer and not have any scripture you could read. You only have to hear what someone tells you, but you don't have anything to read yourself. And that seemed to be a wonderful uh, mission. It really spoke to my heart. And I um, talked to them about it. And they said, well, in another year or so, they were going to have a course at Biola. Wycliffe was coming in to teach phonetics and phonemics, which are very important, how to write down the grunts and groans, what people say, and to develop a language. You have to develop a language before you can translate. And I took that course when it came, and it was taught by the very top translator that would go all over the world when they were having difficulties in trying to translate. I took the course and I flunked it. I could not hear the difference of tones because in some language they say the same word on different tone levels and it means something totally different and I could not hear that. I'm not tone deaf but I wasn't that turned on tone-wise and I, would, I missed it. So I flunked that. So it was like one major disappointment after another that I did not qualify for any mission. After, you know, having now two children and, and working 40 hours a week and trying to go to Bible school full time and all of that, it was just, I just really got discouraged and down here. I'm giving my life to do this and nobody wants me. Nobody will take me. And I was really, really disappointed and really down. But I look back on that now, <clears throat> and I realized I was not ready to be a missionary. I had a lot of issues in my life that I had not dealt with. The bitterness towards my father, uh, all kinds of things that would have caused me to shipwreck as a missionary. And God knew that I was not ready, that there were issues in my life that needed to be brought under the blood of Christ and dealt with before I could serve in a very difficult area in uh, any part of the world. So I look back and I think, how wonderful that is. <clears throat> but let me tell you the rest of the story. After uh, pastoring for... Um, um, I think it was three churches I uh, and some other pastors helped start a Bible college in <clears throat> Seattle and from there I was asked to teach at a Bible college in Kansas City and we moved there and I was a professor at a Bible college in Kansas City and then God called me to be a vice president of one of the largest missions in the world. But before that, I started serving on boards of missions. I was still very much burdened for the world and uh, wanted to be a part. At least I could be on uh, boards of missions that asked me to, if I would be a board member. And <clears throat> when I was uh, at Child Evangelism uh, as one of the vice presidents, and from then on, I have been all over the world, and I was working with missionaries, uh, counseling them, encouraged them, speaking at conferences for missionaries. And one of the conferences that I did, 
a number of years ago. In fact, uh, on our website, uh, the videos that, that is most watched around the world is that one that I did, the first one that was ever videoed for Wycliffe Bible Translators. And it was so interesting. I'm standing there. <clears throat> there's about 500 missionaries. And I said, isn't it interesting that years ago, you turned me down that I didn't qualify to be one of your missionaries. And now I'm standing in front and talking to the, all of you. And I had to laugh and they laughed too. See, God's disappointment for me, which I didn't realize, was an appointment later on to be able to work with mission organizations. I've worked with over 38 different mission organizations. And what a blessing it's been because God saw I'm now ready to be able to do the work uh, for missions that he um, wanted me to do. See, what I wanted to do didn't line up with what God wanted me to do. It's like Paul. He wanted to serve him here, but God said no. But you go here first, and then you go there. And so the whole point of this, when God shuts a door for you, realize that God is sovereign. He's in control of your life. And as I look back over my life of ministry for 50 brother or 60 some years of full-time service what a blessing because I can look back and see God's hand leading us from one place to another and each place was a preparation for the next step that God had for me so I trust this will be an encouragement to you is God sovereign in your life can you trust God's sovereignty and God's leading and when God closes a door, and God never opened the door for me until he closed one. And I wondered, I wonder what's next. I wonder what God wants me to do. And it's been wonderful. In fact, just this year, a few months ago, I was back at JARS, the, the flying agency of... of um, Wycliffe Bible Translators and spoke to about 500 missionaries again. And it was wonderful to be back there again after being gone for 10 years or however long it was, to be back and ministering to missionaries. Many of them uh, were volunteering at JARS and they were retired people that had given their whole life in translating the scriptures into the language of the people. And I felt deeply honored and humbled humbled to be able to minister to the saints of God. Remember, if there's anything you get out of this lesson, remember this, that God's disappointments are God's appointments. And just wait on the Lord to see what is he going to do when he closed the door. You will see he will open another one in his timing. Trust him. God is worthy of your trust. Bless you in your life's journey with him.